Let me know when you're good to go. Uh, whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Like I already started, so. Oh, let's roll. Yeah. And I can edit. I'm really good at editing because you don't know this, but I am a, well, you must know this. You must have seen, I, I released a song about the Leafs. I just saw that I haven't, haven't had the chance to go look at it because I've been in class and I just got out of the gym before I came here. So a little bit of time constraint, but using my time effectively today. Good for you. That's a busy yeah. day. What's yeah. uh, So your what's your podcast called? Uh, the Jacko Media Podcast. I'm going to start branching out, like releasing articles, hopefully soon. Short little plug there. Good. Um, but yeah. It's can, people, this, can people listen on Spotify and yeah. Apple? I run it through Anchor, so it just distributes uh, by itself pretty much, which I like in my opinion. Anchor is very helpful. I love it. It's yeah. great. It's easy. That's what I use for this podcast too. Yeah. So we're going to both have this podcast on our, this interview on our podcast. And we're going to talk about the Leafs. As everybody yeah. knows, you and I are, are you a big Leafs fan? Uh, well, Okay. Yeah. If you haven't seen my tweets earlier, is this is somehow turning into I'm just like having this Leafs whole like Leafs part. And I talk like I talk every team as much as I can, pretty much. I'm also a Bruins fan. If you haven't seen the mug yet. That's OK. I mean, they're up until they got Chara, I was probably they were one of my favorite American teams. Yeah. No offense to Bruins fans, but I I was always a fan of Andy Moog and. Ray Bork and Cam Neely and they were never really good. So it was really <laughs> cheer for them. Like in my life, like they were great in the seventies. Don't get me wrong. The sixties, et cetera. But in uh, the eighties and nineties, they were kind of not as good. So, but I was a fan, certainly the series between them and Buffalo. I remember those playoff series quite well. I started watching, I started following hockey and following the Bruins the year they won the cup. So mm. I just like the rough and tumble kind of team that uh, they had. They had oh, Mark Recchi, Sean Thornton, Milan Lucic, Zdeno Chara. They had a really tough team to beat. And so they I just it. kind of gravitated to that. They did. And it feels like they've got the same team this year. I don't know. But, you know, it's crazy. There's a parallel between the Bruins beating the Canucks and the Buffalo Sabres. Maybe they could beat the Bruins in the first round. I, Who knows? I I pose this to a friend because I'm out on the West Coast. So I, I trust me, I know about the cup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a riot out here, to say the least. I wasn't oh, yeah. the Canucks team. So I was kind of cheering against, no offense to my friends who are Canucks fans, but um, as you could imagine, it was kind of um, brutal watching the city meltdown. But the, um, I was cheering for the Bruins to win because they weren't, they weren't, they were, weren't really heavily favored. The Canucks were heavily favored to win that year, as you know. Yeah. So, um, but there is some parallels between a heavily favored Bruins team losing to a scrappy underdog Buffalo Sabres team with a genetically gifted Tage Thompson, who is a beast. Chara being a genetically gifted beast in 2011. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Is there something there? Who knows? I I hope Buffalo makes the playoffs. Like in my opinion, I really want both of them wild card spots to go to Detroit and Buffalo just because of the teams they have built in recent years. And the fans deserve it. Like these fans have gone through the right, especially Buffalo fans, like with the bills and all that, like well, they I, have been in the gutter. Leafs fans, hockey fans, every, yeah. if you're a fan of hockey, you're bored oh, yeah. of Washington. Everybody's bored of Washington. Everybody's bored of Pittsburgh too. 
I love Pittsburgh. They, they have great Sidney Crosby is a legend. I think he's underrated now. But it's time for some new blood in Detroit. Yeah, I would like I'd like to see them. I don't think Detroit has a chance in hell at doing anything if they yeah. get it the wild card one or two. But yeah, but we're not here to talk about are we should we talk about the wild card teams? Because I don't want the Isles in. As you know, I'm a Leafs fan, so I don't want yeah. the Isles for obvious reasons. Yeah. Them being the Islanders. Um do you Big news today, Lafferty and McCabe, and then, of course, Ryan O'Reilly and Noah Chari. Yeah. What are your initial thoughts about all of these trades? I mean, there's been a lot of trades in the NHL in the last two days. Oh, but... yeah. Like, I have, like, a complete list of everything that's happened. I also have Cap Friendly pulled up just for convenience sake. But, like... ready. Let's oh, go. yeah. You're a pro. If I'm not ready, I feel just so disorganized. That's that point. I saw the O'Reilly trade, and I was like, okay something's happening and i'm doing like i'm doing sports announcing at my college and whatnot it's senior recognition for volleyball and like we're all doing this we're all right in the zone we're doing stats i'm like calling stuff and whatnot and then i get the notification on on my phone that ryan o'reilly and noel cherry are going to the toronto maple leafs and i'm just like what did dubas do here like who did he give up what roster players going the other way an hour later, the trade finally breaks, or about an hour later, and I was just like, how did you manage to only give up Gadet, Abramov, and three picks, I think it was? It was, yeah, I mean, he gave yeah. up He gave up a first, but it's going to be a late first. And oh, yeah. I think the Leafs, you know, I think that's an underrated move. I I wasn't really all in on Ryan O'Reilly because of his, his stats are pretty b- brutal this year, but now I like watching him play on the Leafs. I, it's he's a, he makes, you know, hockey's a weird sport because sometimes it's the guy who doesn't show up on the stat sheet helps you win a lot of the time more than even the guy who just eventually puts his, the puck, puts the puck in the net. And oh, yeah. that was kind of like last night during the cracking game and, you know, during the intermission, they showed a couple of plays, um, pointed out what Ryan was doing sort of in the, in the red zone, in the, in the, in tight, making sneaky little moves to keep the play alive. And he gave Tavares a great, that first great goal. Um, it was just, just fantastic, fantastic to watch. He's a way better player than I thought he was. Yeah. So shout out to Ryan O'Reilly. You're great, dude. But I mean, he's got a Con Smythe, he's got a Selkie, he's got a Lady Bing, he's got two cups. Yeah. He's a hell of a hockey player. And- yeah, he's got the hardware to back it up. And he's been on teams where they've just, they've been in the gutter. And I think, I think Ryan O'Reilly's one of those players is he can't stay with a team for too long. And that's just more or less on the fact of he's been on bottom teams like Buffalo. He was in Colorado when they were kind of brutal. Yeah, they, and- they bottomed out and got Kale McCarr. When yeah. uh, McKinnon was injured, I think Landeskog was injured that year too. And they, they their goaltending's been up and down. But you, you're totally right. Ryan is uh, somehow underrated. I don't know how he's underrated. He won a cup. He basically put the entire St. Louis Blues on his back with Bennington and won a cup. He's fantastic. He's a fantastic hockey player. Killed the Bruins. Your team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have, that was a hard year. You must have watched that. I never <laughs> once thought the Bruins were going to win the cup that year, though. Yeah. I thought the Blues had it. Um, they were just so good that year. I had faith in the Bruins to win, but when St. Louis kind of just, there's a lot of points where St. Louis had 
like momentum swings in their favor. And one of the biggest ones was, I think it was game six. And it was a hit on Tori Krug. And Krug immediately got up and like charged a guy and blew the guy up. And his head was out of the game. Like right after that. And St. Louis went and scored two goals. It was relatively similar to something that I just described. It's been a few years. Haven't watched the 2019 finals in forever. But (laughs) game seven... They like St. Louis goes in and they win for nothing. And they just absolutely dominated the Bruins. Like there was nothing that was going to stop St. Louis in game seven. O'Reilly pretty much shut down the Bruins single-handedly. Bennington, Bennington was kind of like how Vasilevsky was in last year's Toronto series in game seven. Yeah, I think when all the money's on the line, a player like Ryan O'Reilly and Patrice Bergeron too. I mean, oh, yeah. These really high end players like Crosby or McKinnon, it's something we've ne- we don't really have. I mean, Matthews is trust me, I'm a huge fan of Matthews and Marner and Tavares and Nylander, but the one thing we don't really have, and it's proven time and time again, is in Game Seven we don't have a clutch guy, and Ryan O'Reilly is a clutch guy. He, if you look at his stats in the playoffs, they're better than the regular season, and I think Dubis saw that and said, "This is the move. It has to be the move." And they, they must have argued back and forth over Timo Meyer, but when it came down to it, it was about the clutch playoffs um, that he brings to the table. So there you go. That's the move. And then Achari, I kind of I think it was more than just a throw-in. Watching him, he's, he's kind of um, elevated the fourth line too. I don't know what your thoughts on Noel Achari are, other than he can hit and chip in. Well, Achari was a Bruin in the 2019 series. And yeah, like I, I've watched him a lot and he can, he can hit, he can fight and he can draw penalties. Well, he's also really solid defensively. So putting that into your bottom six, Tampa just got uh, Tanner Janot. That's going to be a bit of a problem for the Leafs. Hopefully not. I could be wrong, but Noella Cherry is the guy that they needed in their bottom six who can play consistently. And just kind of going back to your point in Ryan O'Reilly, I think Dubas was looking at it from the standpoint of Tavares went down in the Montreal series. And other than that, they haven't really had much opportunity other than last year to really put themselves into that position because game six, Tavares had a couple of really good goals. And game seven, he still played really well. And I think Dubas is looking as, okay, if our guy goes down again, like God forbid, pretty much, we need another guy to step up and really like throw the team on the back. Because yeah, an, an elite guy, yeah. not Kerfoot. No offense to Kerfoot, who I yeah. actually think if we could if we do keep him, which it doesn't look like we're going to, I think he's a great guy to have because he can literally play every everywhere. He doesn't drive play well enough, but I, you're right. We don't have we didn't have an elite center if if Matthews goes down in game five against Tampa and we're up let's say we're up uh three one let's say now he's gone and we go into game go game five and we're up three one we want to close it out right but we don't know we have Matthews but it doesn't matter because we have Ryan O'Reilly well, and maybe we bring up Matthew Nyes, and that's our that's our dark horse wild card, right? So, well, there's, there's, I don't know if you've watched any Nylite or Nylites highlights for Matthew Nyes. Is 
he he is a big like he's a guy who wants like the big moments if you can't tell by the way he plays is in like the dying minute he'll try and tie the game or put the game into his team's favor if he can do that at the nhl level especially in the stanley cup playoffs i think the leafs have a little bit more edge than tampa if because the way that the playoffs are running right now, it looks like Tampa's going to be our first-round opponent and probably Boston in the second round. So two Eastern Conference matchups in two rounds. Unless Buffalo can somehow surprise Boston. But Buffalo might end up with wildcard one. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think I think this is the first year in Dubas's tenure, and I've said this before, not on my podcast, but I've said it to some friends and other fans. One thing Dubas has never really done is constructed a team to face an opponent. And it feels like this year he went all in specifically to face Tampa and Boston. He got a Boston killer in Ryan O'Reilly. He got a former Bruin, Noel Achari. He got Sam Lafferty, who is a penalty kill specialist. And by the way, our penalty kill is getting better and better and better. Over the last few games, I think that they had, they had killed 19 of 19 uh up until Seattle. So I think now we're, we're clear. I think we're up to 21 of 21. Correct me if I'm wrong, by the way, on that. It might, I might be slightly wrong, but improving special teams is how you win in hockey, right? Is there in the end game six and seven was special teams won the game for Tampa. So no, you're totally right. And then we got McCabe. What do you think about this Lafferty kid? Do you know much about him? I don't know much about Lafferty, but I took a look at his point totals and his plus minus and just kind of looked on to elite prospects and looked into the like the advanced stats. And if they can find the right setup, and I think playing him on like with Matthews and Marner might be the proper fit for him. Because yes, bunting works well, but teams are going to look at tape and be like, okay, we know how to shut that line down. What if you put Lafferty up there and he just absolutely implodes and you got him for another year, just 50,000 under 1.2 million. You got a guy who's, who can play the special teams. He's really sound defensively. And you just, he might be the dark horse guy that we're talking about. He could also just be the guy who's in and up and down the lineup pretty much. Cause the least might have to play different lineups every single game against Tampa. Like who knows what they have to do. And me both know that Keith will, will try everything. So oh, yeah. having Lafferty in in the left wing position of Bunting is makes sense. But he Lafferty can play center as well, so maybe he's our three C, and that drives pushes Camp down the lineup. I don't think Dubis is done. We've still got some time between the tra- now and the trade trade deadline when this yeah. is being aired. So who knows? You know, you're right. Who knows? It could yeah. by the end of the, as the dust settles when I want I'm going to the game on Saturday at in Vancouver the team could be missing a piece like Kerfoot or that's the most logical trade. So then Lafferty kind of becomes our guy to push other players down into the fourth line. But then again, putting bunting in the, in the third line, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. So that's really smart. Um, But so many roster construction options for Keefe. So you're totally, what about our defense with McCabe? McCabe looks like a, Looks like a. I don't want to say this too loudly, but I'm going to say the quiet part loud. Is he? I hate to. I'm not. I feel kind of dirty saying this. Is he our best defenseman now? You have I, TJ I Brody. Say, 
I don't want to say that. That's yeah. why, right? Yeah. But TJ like, Brody is aging. He's thirty. He's older than thirty now, isn't he? 30. I think if you, I think if you limit Riley and Brody's minutes, you're going to be stronger defensively. Because how many minutes is Brody playing a night? Like twenty-two. Right. So drop that. Yes. Drop it by about four minutes, and you might get better, uh, like more effective playing time in that line. But then the problem becomes is who do you push up the lineup in like placement of Riley who plays really well with Brody? Well, if, let's just the thought experiment. Yeah. Riley and Brody stay together. There you go. Simple. Yeah. Is it McCabe is a right defenseman? Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that right? McCabe, he plays either side. He's versatile. So let's say he plays the opposite of Tim Lilgren, who Lilgren I think is actually the best defenseman. Um, Moving forward, if you look at every single defenseman, Riley is a more of an offensive defenseman. Brody is aging, and although he's still incredible, so that to me he's our two, our number two. Riley's not our true number one, although he is technically our number one. Giordano, God bless him, he's too old. Sending and Lilgren sending has been injured, kind of he's had an up and down year. And then Lilgren's. So Lilgren is the guy who's looked the best. And then Justin Hall, he's another odd man out. But Justin Hall is filled in admirably, but everybody on planet Earth knows he's been being shopped and has been shopped since the beginning of the season. So had Sandine and Lilgren not been injured here and there, he probably would have already been traded. But so that that brings us to McCabe. McCabe becomes maybe our true defensive sort of, or maybe all round defenseman moving forward. And he plays with a bit of bit of balls. He looks like he plays oh, yeah. a bit of grit. Um, I think you tweeted earlier the hit that he put on Line A a few years ago. Yes, and he I did. absolutely blew up Line A. Yes, so, uh, although you know our our defense is great. I, that's although each player is flawed. I think you could say the same about Tampa. You could say the same about Boston. You could say the same about every team. Every team is flawed. Hedman has had a bad year. I said it. I I looked at some stats recently. He was at the bottom of the league for defense, and so he's had a bit, kind of a bad year for some reason. Probably because he he has so many miles on him now. Mac- he also he Hedman also really cranks it up in the playoffs. He does. Like, right. He he plays to an otherworldly level when it comes to the playoffs. It's incredible. McAvoy, what's McAvoy's season been like? Up oh. and down, injured most of the season, but he's he's come back with a force, yeah. right? Well, yeah, he. He, he had some sort of surgery. I can't remember. I think it was like hip or something. Or no, that's Marshan who had the hip surgery. Um, McAvoy had some sort of surgery and he was out. And he came back a month and a bit earlier than expected. So he's he's played well, consider, like all things considering. But Boston getting uh, Dimitri Orlov just kind of puts a little bit more certainty in their defense come playoff time which is going to be a really hard team to play against with that Hathaway and Orlov pickup because you got chippy blue line guys and guys who normally aren't chippy like Lindholm and McAvoy who are going to play with their chests stuck out a little bit more because of guys like Frederick, Felino, Hathaway, Orlov, guys who have gone far in the playoffs, not Felino obviously, but guys who have gone far and experienced these deep runs and know how to play these like really chippy games. And you bring in guys like McAvoy and you can say, okay, you know what? You can take your foot off the pedal and you can play the style of hockey you need to because this guy, will he'll take that load of, I need to play some sort of chippy level 
and he'll take that load off of you. And I don't think McAvoy is going to really have to play that kind of style come playoff time, but I think he will when he needs to. Yeah, no, the Bruins have, I mean, they've, they've got elite guys. It's obvious. <laughs> I think my point is we, with, with the Orlov move, I think Dubas, it's a bit of an arms race, right? They get, they get this guy. We get this guy. You get that guy. I get this guy. You know, it's kind of that move right now. And I think Jersey, New Jersey was, did the same. They, they're they like, we need to get somebody to face um, the the Rangers. So, because if the Rangers get Kane and they got um, Tarasenko. So I think like, it's kind of like a chess match right now in the East and every single team appears to be going all in, even though, I don't know. It's kind of weird to me. It's like everybody's going all in for some reason. I don't know. What are you going to do, right? It was like I saw something on Twitter last night. I was just talking about this over lunch today where it was um, like Toronto goes and gets Ryan O'Reilly and Noella Cherry. And then Boston gets Hathaway. Every other team's just like, oh, we need to load up. Like they're going in. And so Toronto's just like, uh uh-oh. Like, what do we do here? It's like almost like an Avengers assembling kind of moment that everybody else had. Yeah, everybody's kind of pushing their chips in. And I don't really know what the outcome will be. It'll be an interesting playoff for that reason alone. Because Tampa's always good. Vasilevsky's amazing, always. Although if he gets injured, they're screwed. Elliot sucks. No offense to Elliot. He's a terrible goalie. Um, And then at least we have Murray, who although he's injured all the time, has looked okay. And he's got the cups. He's got the rings. He's got the experience. So if we need to rely on him, that's fine. I feel I feel okay with it. It's better than Peter Morazic, right? Or oh, even yeah. Freddie Anderson, if he just passed, he couldn't close it out in game seven. Nope. I mean, Campbell couldn't close it out either. And like, no. he's doing well for himself in Edmonton, finally. Like he's put, he's gotten onto his own two feet again. It's been but he's up- not a playoff goalie. No, it's been an up and down year for Campbell. He oh, was yeah. the first three months strong from December till about the end of January, but then he's kind of faltered a little bit. The, the other night he blew uh, blew a game for them, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think Toronto's strength in every position. Um, so I'm stoked. I'm I've got the passion. Yeah, I think we all do. Uh, what do you think about the possible scenario of the Leafs saying, "Oh"? Jake Muzzin is done for the playoffs and all of a sudden he comes back in like game one against Tampa and no, looks better than Muzzin's done. Muzzin's yeah. done. He's never you're, one, you're one of the people that thinks like he's just done. I have a, I'm not going to say the person's name on this podcast, but I have an inside connection to yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs and Muzzin's complete. He's finished. So, right, yeah. I don't know if he'll play hockey again. Uh, do you know what a C-spine injury is? Uh, yeah, the cervical spine injury. Yeah, it's, it's it's not good on the spine. Yeah, I know he's done. It's on the top of his on the top of his spinal column, so he may never play hockey again. Yeah, and, you know, if he gets the surgery, there's a few different types of surgery you can get. One's a they put a bolt in the top of your spine. Yeah, I don't think you could play pro sports. You'll you'd be a paraplegic if anything should happen. So yeah. he's and a. Then, uh, but, speaking of the LTIR situations, because Muzzin, we just discussed that. Matt Murray, do you think they're going to put, like, just, do you think they're just going to shut him down for the remainder of the season, make sure he's 110% ready to go? Or do you think they're going to try and bring him back, get him a few games by uh, playoff time? 
I think they're trading someone tomorrow so that he can play Wednesday. There's a eyebrow raise for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see. Like, that was the rumor. The rumor was he was playing Wednesday. Fair so enough. He plays um, I think, I think if anybody's going, it's going to be Kerflin because yeah. whole, you don't want to take away from your defense just yet. Cause Hole might play incredible next to McKay. Like who knows? Like, yeah, but he has a tradable contract. That's the problem with Justin. Yeah. He's got the tradable contract. So. He's also got the 10-team uh, no-trade list, so it's going to be a little bit harder to move him. To trade Hall. Yeah, Kerfoot and Hall both have no moves. Yeah. Um, Kerfoot has – he has the same thing. He's got a 10-team uh, no, uh, no-trade clause. So I would assume that Vancouver is not on that list for Kerfoot because that's he lives out here. His family folks live out here. So that makes sense. The rumor from Frank, Frank Saravelli yeah. um, tweeting out today that he he may go to Vancouver. And it, might, it might be like a Dermot, Dermot trade, like future considerations or something. Might yeah. be one. I, I'm assuming you've seen the uh, the rumor about Connor Garland being a possibility if they yeah. retain enough salary. Yeah, Dubas has always liked him. I like Connor Garland, oh, yeah. but I think Car- Connor Garland has had a resurgence under his former coach, Rick Tockett. So that's yeah. the issue with him. But yeah, the the other rumor was they wanted to buy him out. Well, he's yeah. looked good. I've, I actually watched the Boston game where he assisted on the lone goal from the Canucks to bring it to 2-1. And it was a great goal from, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Brock, or Bo, Brock Besser. Yeah. So it it's kind of um it's gonna be interesting so yeah i don't know what team i'll be watching on saturday i might be watching kerfoot playing for the canucks that'd be fun <laughs> who knows I'm, I'm stoked to go to the game i'm i have got a ticket going to three canucks games this month or uh, in march sorry going to see ottawa next week with a pal who's a huge sense fan and then going to the san jose game so nice. it's lots of hockey i love hockey so it's gonna be a really really fun month and just kind of continuing on the Kerfoot thing is, and the uh, Garland thing is, uh, with the buyout being a possibility, it would be $1.9 million for six years. And if you didn't see if the Leafs trade for him, they could be like, hey, retain like one9 And it's half that, like, it's half the amount of time that if you were to buy him out, that you'd be taking that salary on. Like, what are your thoughts on that kind of situation? Well, better for vancouver to trade garland yeah oh yeah um and if they get kerfoot he's a ufa so they, it basically ends the ends the responsibility of garland moving forward for a couple of years and it's so it's a lesser cap hit but i don't know will the inexperienced patrick alvin make that move i don't know who knows and you know garland is a bit of a risk for toronto he's a project but he is a good hockey player well i mean toronto has taken on a couple of projects more recently with Samsonov and Matt Murray. Oh so, yeah. They, yeah. They're Dubis is an expert at, at projects. I mean, David camp to a certain degree is a project yeah. right? was at least, but look at him now. I mean, even technically Justin Hall, who Babcock hated, but he he's a serviceable five, six defenseman. Everybody knows it. And in fact, if he was playing on anybody else's team, he would be in the rumors to go to Toronto because he's a decent player, but, and he's got size. Yeah, it's it's hard to say what what the move is from Vancouver. 
Yeah. Hoaglander is the prospect that I would like to see in Toronto. I've I've liked him since they signed since they drafted him, but I don't think Vancouver's intention is to give up on a a high ceiling prospect like that. Because if it was Nils Hoaglander and Garland, fifty percent retained for Kerfoot and Hall and maybe a pick to go the other way, that would be a fantastic trade for Toronto. But who knows? Who knows, right? Like, just kind of getting back to the point of where I just uh, just said, it's like you want to at least see a couple of games with your current D corps because you don't know what's going to work and what, like, who knows? Hole might just be absolutely awful with McCabe, and then you're like, okay, we got to do something here. But Exactly, yeah. Just from the coaching standpoint and some of the uh, things I've watched with, like, coaching videos, like, if you've watched any coaching videos, feel free to correct me, but I'm no expert in this means. But, like, you always got to see something, like, or try something out before you move on from one one idea. I think the this trade today, the Lafferty trade, means that they're going with a true top six, bottom six. So the top six mm-hmm. is Ryan O'Reilly and Co., and the bottom six will be Lafferty Camp as centers with yeah. Acharya's backup. And if they keep Kerfoot, which I don't think, you, you and I know that yeah. I think probably the movie's out the door. So that means that their centers are kind of set. Um, But we'll see. I mean, JT, I kind of think that JT's the guy who slide down to 3C. But maybe I'm wrong. I An like expensive him. third line center. But up and down, right? It's not yeah. like. Oh, yeah in the second period right you need you need some you need some something different your different look you put jt in the ozone with the third line like i was i looked at the some of the minutes from seattle and as the as the game kind of went toronto's way the the third and fourth line got more minutes that's kind of what ends up happening score effects right so seattle Seattle loads up and toronto goes you know what we're not gonna load up we're gonna we're going to try our third and fourth line, try different combinations, and we're not going to leave Matthews out there. Why would we? We're, we're up 5-1. There's no need. Exactly. And then I, I'm I'm sure you've seen the chatter about, like, Matthews not performing as massively as he did last year. Last year, he, did, he had the 60-goal season, which we haven't seen since, I think, Stamkos. And, yeah, like... Bet. Do you think he's just kind of like dialing it back and learning to play more of a team, like a team rounded game? Or I think there's two factors. The first factor is he's not playing with Mitch. The second factor is I do think he was injured. Oh, I guess there's three then. The third factor is I do think you're right. He's playing a more defensively responsible game. And there is some micro stats to back up the last point. But Willie Nylander, Willie plays. He's not really a distributor. He's more of a chaos player. So when he has the puck, it's chaos, right? He skates around and around and around. Whereas Mitch is a pure passer, always looking for the sneaky backdoor play, like the the famous, uh, uh, I just watched some Mitch highlights where he he comes (laughs) in, breakaway, and instead of shooting, he passes it backwards to camp, and camp scores. That's a great goal. Or the goal uh, last night where he, from behind the net, he gets the puck and passes it to Lilgren, and then Lilgren shoots it in the net. Just a fantastic pass. I don't think Nylander makes those plays, and that's, I think, why Matthews isn't getting the looks that he usually gets. 
So he's he's having to become more of a distributor, and his assists are up per sixty. So you know, I don't know. That's my opinion on Matthews. Do you agree or disagree? I I I agree with you. It's like I was going more with the narrative of like he's going to try and play more defensively because he might just be looking at at it like you know what the general manager who's given me this opportunity to be this big player and given me this huge contract is his like his jobs on the line so we as a team need to do something because i'm like i honestly think like it's in the team's hands at this point with what happens and either tubis is going to be like okay we just we're going to start shipping guys out of here if we're not going or like it's going to be the you know what i got to sit down and have a talk with these guys like kind of like the gm to player situation um yeah i agree and um I fully agree. I'm curious. It's in the player's hands. And my friend, I really, really have loved talking to you. I got to cut this short. My kids are sick. I have to go pick one up. Yeah, no I worries. Really, I really like talking to you. Could we do this again? Another Absolutely. Time? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, where, where can people find your podcast? What's it called? Uh, the Jacko Media Podcast. You can find it on Spotify. Oh, you can find it pretty much all over. Um, oh, I'm still shortly distributing it more and more, but... Right now, you can go to Anchor, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and I think that's the three main, uh, three main ones that I have. But yeah, thank you so much. I look for, uh, forward to talking to you again. Let's do it. This has been great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A friendly Manitoba. Yeah, you as well. Take care. Peace and love.